Hello and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. My name is Olivia Friel and I am a birth and postpartum doula located just outside of Boston. On this podcast, we will talk about everything related to the journey to conceive, pregnancy, birth, labor, postpartum, parenthood, and beyond. This is a safe space where birth professionals, birthing people, expectant parents, and partners can come on and share their knowledge or personal experiences with our listeners. The goal of this podcast is to share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. So today we have a very special guest, my friend, Missy Sullivan. Um, We connected via Instagram, and she is going to talk about things regarding core fitness and also just making sure that you're taking care of your body properly during the different trimesters. So Missy, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Sure. Yes. Thank you for having me, Olivia. Um, My name is Missy Sullivan and I am a pre-postnatal corrective exercise specialist and a diastasis core consultant. I um, currently work with a variety of different women um, that are pregnant or postpartum and the methods I use are truly focused on functioning of the body and providing knowledge and skills uh, to help moms uh, to have the peace of mind and confidence in their bodies. And that is incredible. And so many moms and just anybody in general, especially if they need some work on their core, they feel like they need that. Um, I know that you are incredible at it. If you guys don't follow her on Instagram, you absolutely should. She has some incredible videos on there and different workouts that you can do during all the different trimesters or even if you're not pregnant. So today we're going to talk about all of the different core exercises that you can do through each trimester um, and how to adjust and or modify them as you go and based on how you're feeling. Um, Everybody's different, so a really big portion of what Missy has talked to me about is the importance of um, individualized training and exercises. Um, so let's jump into the first trimester, Perfect. shall we? Yeah. So um, I know that some of you may have heard the saying, it's not what you do, but how you do it. And that becomes very important through each of your uh, trimesters um, as you go through your pregnancy, okay? Um, we all know that we should be listening to our bodies, um, but we also know how we also need to know how to adjust and to adapt because there's never a one-size-fits-all approach for anyone. Uh, so really talking about the tools and the strategies that you need to know in order to, to, to basically adjust for the demands for each of your uh, trimesters. So trimester one is going to be about just being mindful of what you're doing, okay? Uh, but before I do jump into the trimesters, um, I do want to quickly just talk about the core in general. Um because a lot of people, I don't think, understand that the core is just not your six-pack. Right. Um, it is just not the what you see on the outside. It very much consists of what's on the inside as well. Um, so the deep core consists of um, a variety of different muscles, connective tissues, and organs, um, anywhere between the ribcage and your pelvic girdle. Um, and all these systems work together, uh, not only to just stabilize your spine, but also to support your pelvis, um, control inter pressure, um, especially through your transverse abdominis muscle um, and your connective tissue, um, your pelvic 
pelvic floor is part of your core as well. Um, and a lot of what you do with your core um, should be focused on strengthening it in order to help um, alienate any um, aches, pains, um, strengthen the areas um, internally through that TVA muscle, um, as well as supporting that pelvis, like I said, um, to aid in any incontinence or issues that you may, may have with your pelvic floor. Um, when we are pregnant, we know the belly grows, mm -hmm. um, but the muscles inside are stretched and they're overworked as well. Right. And that is, you know, what we're trying to really focus on when you do do any sort of prenatal fitness, because those muscles, um, you know, they grow, they grow, um, based upon the baby, the, your hips get wider, uh, your your, your body is just kind of in this like unstable portion and you kind of want to pull it back into balance. So strengthening your body as a whole and not as individualized units um, is the way that we basically, the, the way that I basically um, like to do any fitness program that I have with a prenatal client. So, and it also impacts your, your posture and your spine as absolutely. well, correct? Absolutely. So uh, your core is just basically the foundation of your body. <laughs> and that is how I really, really like to focus on. I say it over and over again. Uh, we are training the foundation of your body because the core truly is, um, what needs to be strong in order to not to have that roundedness through your shoulders, any aches in your back, um, and in incontinence issues. We can't forget about yeah, the pelvic floor. Absolutely. So. Um, so let's get into, um, you know, basically trimester by trimester. Um, you know, the first trimester, like I said, is all about mindfulness. Um, but it also comes down to what your ultimate goal is too. Right. Um, you know, every pregnant woman has a different goal. It could be, you know, I just want to have a healthy baby. I just want to have a healthy pregnancy. Um, you know, some goals are, I just want to get through this pregnancy. <laughs> um, you know, there are women that love pregnancy and there are women that hate pregnancy. That's very so, true. um, so that's where the one size fits all just doesn't come into play because everyone's on a different playing field. Okay. Um, with their body, their skills, their fitness levels, whatever it may be. Um, um, symptoms that they may be having and your body changes as you go through the trimester. So really focusing in on, you know, what your goal is and applying the movements and the exercises to ultimately reach your goals as well. It's not just, you know, what I think is right for your body is going to be right for your body. It's a two-way playing field. Yeah. Okay. And do your clients, when you're training with them, they obviously, do they give you feedback about how they're feeling and how the different exercises feel? Absolutely. And I always ask them, um, you know, when we, when I work with clients, it's that corrective exercise approach. Okay. So I will constantly over and over again, week after week, you know, ask them, you know, where are you feeling this? How are you feeling? Um, is anything bothering you? Mm -hmm. And if they're not feeling it where they should be feeling it, then we kind of regress back to okay, let's figure out why you're feeling it here and not where you should be feeling it. Um, and that comes into play even without pregnancy, um, even yeah. in the postpartum period, which we will, which we're not talking about today, but um, <laughs> we, <it's>, will soon. <laughs> we, we will. Um, but part of it is that, you know, it, it stems from your core and your, your breathing, which we'll, we'll, which we'll get into. And, you know, if I have, I always start my clients with assessments. Um, and part of that is kind of figuring out where the imbalance is within their bodies. Okay. So if you're doing squats, mm -hmm. um, you know, body weight squats, just up and down and you're feeling it anywhere, but in your core and your glutes, then there is an imbalance in your body. Right. Um, you should not be feeling squats, um, in your quads, especially right away. Um, the, 
the goal is to activate that correct muscle, which in a squat is should be glute activation and core activation. Okay, that's a good example. Yes. Um, my, my favorite example, because everyone knows how to do a squat, they know what it is. So, um, and I think a lot of this going, goes beyond like what is safe for just me and my baby. Um, and it's more about how should, uh, how should the exercise be performed and am I, and am I performing it to a degree that not only is safe for me and my baby, but is actually helping me become stronger. Okay. Um, so just again, um, going into it that. The body works as a whole and not in isolation. So whenever I train my clients, you are not isolating anything on your body. Right. Um, it all stems from your core. Um, we do a lot of core training, uh, even being pregnant. And as I go through this, hopefully the, the understanding is why, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so trimester one um, is all about being mindful of what you're doing. Um, this trimester, you know, some women feel great. Other yeah. women develop sickness. Right. Um, you know, they call it morning sickness. I call it just sickness in general. <laughs> um, pregnancy sickness because it, you, you don't have to throw. You could just feel sick 24-7, yep. um, whatever it may be. So it's kind of like that little transition phase. Um, but being mindful and staying mindful of what you do, and I think is really, really key. So, you know, this is a trimester where, you know, staying with your fitness regimen as is is absolutely fine. Right. Um not a lot of um, modifications or regressions are needed during this trimester, um, you know, unless there's any sort of ailments that are right. starting to happen. Unless okay. something doesn't feel right. Exactly. Um, but there are adjustments that you should be making now in order to kind of set you up for your next uh, trimester. Okay. And then um, with that comes first and foremost, your breathing uh, with your transverse abdominal muscles, which is your TVA muscle. And really learning how to connect to that muscle Mm -hmm. um, is going to be crucial throughout the entire um, trimester, uh, trimesters that you go through. And that goes beyond into your fourth trimester, your postpartum period. Um, And then working on that breathing. So um, part of that breathing is like really learning how to focus in on how to use your diaphragm in order to breathe and then how to connect your entire core from your pelvic floor up to your diaphragm. And that um, takes practice. Mm -hmm. Um, It is not something that um, some women will get within a day um, or two. Uh, It is just something that it is your body and where you're feeling it. Um, and, you know, I work in stages with it. We work on diaphragmatic breathing, which is a gentle rise and fill of the belly. Mm-hmm. Um, and really working on getting your breath from your chest into your belly again. Uh, we're all born diaphragmatic breathers. Yep. Um, and we kind of lose it along the way um, due to just lifestyles in general. Um, added stress, work, school, etc. cetera. Um, you know, we all have that, you know, all like, <gasps> you know, know. stressful <laughs> moment. And, you know, you know, our breath just comes from our chest in order to relieve it. But if we actually practice on, you know, stress reduction techniques and a lot of it is done in yoga as well, it's like really focused on connecting to your breath and that mind-body connection. Um, And this is where it all starts through with core training as well. And I was going to say, I love that you're talking or that you're connecting the fitness aspect, but also connecting the breathing because that will impact your labor in the long run. Oh, it really, yeah, it will. And if you can learn how to do these different breathing techniques... That will absolutely help you when you're in labor and yes. you're trying to bring your baby into the world. <laughs> Correct. And if you if you are in, so I like to call it core wrapping, um, which is where you actually actively engage your pelvic floor through your transverse abdominis muscles, your internal, external obliques, and your diaphragm. Um, it all connects and wraps around that midline. Um, and that's truly where um, 
just connecting through that TVA muscle and strengthening that muscle while you're pregnant uh, is so key because your TVA muscle actually helps you push um, while you're right. in active labor. Right. So. Um, but again, so not only through breathing in connection that way, um, just any exercise in general that help aids in posture, because we, as I did mention before, rounded shoulders, um, the overarching of the back and stuff like that, um, as the baby starts to grow, um, just knowing how to activate your core, your glutes, um, and your chest and your back areas and really working on strengthening those areas will help you in the long run. Right. Um, and then what I also go into is through an assessment period is also assessing your imbalances. So we talked about the squat gotcha. um, scenario where it should be glute activation and um, core activation, but the same thing like with you know any weakness throughout the back or if people who experience aches and pains in the back it's really important to strengthen your back as well so if you go into a bent over row position and i know no one can see me right now but <laughs> um it, a bent over row is basically hinged from your waistline um and you are going to squeeze your shoulder blades back um, as you're going to pick something up. Um, we do it every day as moms or, you know, even in general, general population as well, where you're picking up toys from the ground or picking the baby up out of the crib or off a table or down from the floor area. You're using your back muscles or should be using mm -hmm. your back muscles to be doing it. A lot of a lot of us don't. Yeah. Um, and really focusing in on that area will help um, with any other imbalance or issues say, that you're feeling also too so you don't hurt yourself exactly exactly <laughs> so it all ties together it all ties together everything ties together so and you know it's really like uh, trimester one is truly and honestly about connecting your breath um to your movements okay. and making sure that your breathing is um strengthening not only your core but you're also using that breath to create your movement so everything has an inhale and everything has an exhale on I your love movement. that so, so um and it's going to help just support you through the rest of the pregnancy right so for trimester one it's all about breathing mindfulness modifications if if, if necessary and basically how your body's feeling because like you said everybody's first trimester well everybody's trimesters are different to begin with but right. the first trimester can be difficult for some people Absolutely. and then for others it's totally fine so moving into the second trimester what are things that you like to focus on once you get yeah, there Yeah. so let's just talk about the second trimester in general because this technically <laughs> um I, I feel as it's like the longer trimester even though it's really not because trimesters are done in threes yeah. and um even though you're still in your next three months um i i honestly and truly feel that it's like the longest trimester um but it becomes one of the trimesters where your energy starts to increase. Mm -hmm. um, and But there's also changes that are happening with your body. So during the first trimester, depending on if it's your first or second pregnancy um, or whatever it may be, um, things start to change. Right. Um, you may start to see the pop of the belly, um, but you may see a widening of the hips. Uh, you may you may feel different. Um, you may walk different. Um, it just, you know, that waddle may start coming towards the end of the, you know, second trimester. Um, but you do have that burst of energy. And that's not for, that's not to say that everyone is going to experience the right. same. There are people that unfortunately go through pregnancy that just feel sick the entire the time. time, unfortunately. Um, but there's, you know, they, on most cases, um, that energy comes back, but structural changes start to happen. So, um, you know, as you're kind of regaining, hopefully some of the energy, um, within this trimester, um, you know, one important thing to remember is that 
if you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. Okay. Okay. So when I say that is, and I want you to take that very lightly, um, because there are things that women can do throughout their entire pregnancy um, when it comes to exercising, um, depending on whatever, you know, whatever kind of exercise that you do like to do, whether it's like bar style exercise, CrossFit style of exercise, mm -hmm. um, HIIT, you know, boot camp, etc. But again, everything's going to stem back to that breath and how you're breathing um, is is at that point in time. So because your breathing changes too, your breathing changes <laughs> as all your <laughs> organs are moving. Your breathing changes your, too. Your breathing changes, and you may actually start to feel out of breath a lot sooner than what you did um, initially. Easier, yeah. Very, very easy as you're starting to you know <laughs> gain a little bit of more weight and and all of that. So um, if you are doing anything with your breathing mm -hmm. um and you really have a good solid foundation of how to kind of wrap your your core and know how to belly breathe and you know ut utilizing your diaphragm and stuff like that and using that breath in order to create your movements um most of the time you should be fine doing what you what you love to do during okay. that second trimester but 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 <laughs> um the thing is is that there are times, even if you are strong in your core as it is growing, there are times where there is a condition called diastasis recti that actually can happen. Um, so what diastasis is, is the ab um, separation of the two abdominal walls. Right. Um, and... A lot of people become fearful of this now. There's mm -hmm. a lot of social, um, a, lot. a lot of media out there um, that's creating more of a fear around what diastasis is right. more than anything else. Um, diastasis does not occur during pregnancy. It is a condition that happens there after pregnancy, right. okay? And that's part of the thing that's frustrating is there's already a lot of fear surrounding pregnancy and things that people worry about that they talk about on social media or their friends or family talks to them about. And now they're giving you another thing to really worry about Correct. when you don't necessarily need to, because like you said, everybody's different. So everyone is it different. Might be, it might be completely different for one person than the other. Yeah. So the thing to do uh, during the, you know, during your second trimester into your third is you just, you're watching out for any signs of diastasis. Now, remember there, your, your, your belly is going to grow. Okay. Right. Um, and that connective tissue, that linea alba, you know, that is in your, your core is is going to stretch now right. all, all like anything else in our bodies our tissues have the capability and the capacity to stretch to a certain point mm -hmm. um what ends up happening is the baby is already weakening that connective tissue right mm -hmm. because it's growing um now if you place any extra intra-abdominal pressure against that connective tissue whether it stems from you know heavy lifting um you know, just not knowing how to control any added pressure or forces that are happening to your abdominal wall. Now you're applying extra pressure to that automatic, automatic, autom oh gosh, I can't speak, <laughs> that already, already um, weakened connective tissue. Okay. okay. So that force that keeps happening is what is actually going to cause a doming, a bulging, or a coning. Um, okay. of your abdominal and you're going to start to see that okay and that necessarily does not mean that you are going to end up with diastasis after pregnancy but it is a sign okay of diastasis so when how would you see that like if somebody was just standing would you see it 
Or would it, they have to activate those muscles? So it depends on the person, okay? So, and this is where it kind of comes into play. So when mm -hmm. there is, so when you test for uh, diastasis after pregnancy in the mm -hmm. postpartum period, once you were cleared to exercise and right. all of that, um, is you actually can feel for a diastasis, okay? The difference is, is that not in a postpartum woman, you could actually feel it where there, you could actually feel the separation mm -hmm. um, based off upon like fingers, right? Mm -hmm. In depth, in, in width. Um, but you can also just look, okay? So in a pregnant person, you technically can't feel for a diastasis because there's a growing baby in there, but you can actually look with the same setup as you would. So in order to check for a diastasis, you're laying on your back with your knees bent, arms behind your head, um, and you slightly elevate your shoulder blades up off of the floor. So it's technically not a crunch, um, okay. but it crunch, crunch like quote unquote, right, um, position. And you can actually see if there's any sort of doming or coning that actually starts occurring. Gotcha. Um, and then you could you can actually also tell like if there is a woman that enjoys CrossFit and they do you know multiple pull ups and it doesn't even need to be CrossFit if you love to do pull ups at a gym or or anything like that, you can have someone watch you or know or our specialized trainer in pre postnatal would be beneficial, yeah. but. If you don't have a trainer, you know, you can actually have someone watch what happens with your belly. And if you are not at that point where you have a true strong core foundation, you could actually do a pull-up. And from that strain of doing the pull-up, you could actually see the bulging or That's the so coning crazy. or the doming. Okay. Um, you know, in 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 like anything else, like anything overhead, um, overhead shoulder pressing and things like that. Um just anything in general that you know, I I, I would check I'd look for it differently than other people, but right. just just throw some examples out there. Yeah. Um, there are ways to actually see it. Now, I had a client postpartum that you could actually um, you couldn't see her uh, diastasis without her like rolling up, um, and that's where the coning just happened right away. Okay. Um, in a pregnant client, um, I did have one pregnant client that that is that actually has a little bit of coning, um, but again you need to be mindful that that even though it's an indication potential of potential diastasis doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have diastasis the body works in mysterious ways yeah. and it becomes one of those things where um this is where the fear starts coming into play it's like oh my god now i have coning i'm not going to do anything anymore but it's like no you need to now really just focus and truly focus in on your tva activations okay. um to really make sure that your core is is strengthening um you don't need to do crunches and planks and all of that right, in, right, right. while you're pregnant um in order to strengthen your core you need us to kind of strengthen it from the inside out okay that's good to know, though, because yes. like you said, it's it's a potential sign, but it might not be. So it is. we shouldn't really fully spend too much time worrying about it until postpartum. I mean, working on strengthening the core, yes, obviously, but figuring out if you have the... If you have DR, after you won't the fact. know. You won't know until after you deliver, anyway. Right. That's so what I mean. you know, definitely, you you definitely, like you said, you you need to work on strengthening the core um, in order to prevent it. Right. Um, right. And then whether you get it or not afterwards, that's something that you kind of deal with in that postpartum rehab period. Yeah. So that's that's what I was saying. Like focusing on keeping your core strong throughout yep. the pregnancy as much as you can. And then once you give birth and then you're cleared to do exercises again, then you can really look at it and figure out a plan from there. Correct. Okay. Um, because there's no there's no fail-proof way to actually prevent it. Right. I can't tell you that everything you're going to be doing in your prenatal fitness routine is actually going to prevent
prevent you from having or developing DR um, thereafter you deliver. But like I said, being, again, coming back from that mindful um, from trimester one and being mindful of what you're doing um, with your body is what you need to do. Okay. All right, good. Um, you know, so again, breathing, but pressure and tension strategies now. Okay. So you kind of need to know um, if something is causing your abdominal wall to cone, mm-hmm. dome, bulge, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and some of these, I will say, can occur in planks. Um, you can actually tell if there is a doming or a bulging um, in a plank position. Right. Um, crunch, pull-ups, like I said, etc. You just kind of have to readjust the exercise. Um, that's not to say, you know, sh- I'm not going to tell any pregnant woman that they cannot plank, okay? Um, are, are the planks are great, um, but there's also a time that in, in place where you know, there may be a bulging and a doming and instead of actually doing a full frontal plank, why not take it to a chair or a wall? Okay. Um, or a stability ball. Um, at that point in time, against a wall though, depending on where they are in their trimester. Um, there's different ways to do a certain exercise in a different way um, if people like to do them. Um, what about a, a side plank? Side planks are great. They're great. They're great. They're just awesome. Curious. <laughs> um, it's just full frontal planks because you have to realize in that position, now not only is that growing baby happening with that connective tissue, now you're placing your body in a position that becomes really vulnerable for that connective tissue right. because now all that extra pressure is there. being forced down onto it. Mm-hmm. So in that, if you do not know how to fully engage and wrap that core, that's where that extra pressure in that force is going to continually push again that connective tissue and I don't want to scare everyone to say you know pregnant women should not be doing planks yeah there that I'm not saying that you just need to know how to control the pressure that's happening in your body in order to do it accurately correctly and to make sure that your body stays in balance right like you were saying so it it all ties back into what you were saying for the first trimester being mindful using your breathing and also knowing where you're feeling these exercises that's what you learn about in the beginning so if you can keep that going through the second trimester or, and moving into, well, the rest of your pregnancy, I guess, as long as you're feeling it in the right spots and you're being mindful of it, then you should be fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and like I said, planks, take it to a chair, take it to a wall. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. Just because you're, um, re, you know, modifying or regressing down in exercise doesn't mean that it's not going to be effective for right. you. It just, it's going to be a little bit more effective for you and it's going to hopefully help prevent any damages that, you know, then thereafter that you could occur, um, with, you know, diastasis. So, um, you know, and just like I said, the right awareness, the, the right progressions, the right regression strategies, um, you, you, sh- you, there should be no fearfulness around um, diastasis um, that's out there. It's just there's not enough information. It's just the bad information that's being pushed out, and everyone becomes afraid of it. Um, and that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I feel like pe- people throw around these terms like diastasis recti, and it can be horrible, and you might not be able to fix it in the postpartum period, or you might develop it when you're pregnant. Um, and then people a don't know what it is. B, don't know what they should be doing to try and strengthen their core. And then C, just there's just so much fear surrounding it. Like this is why I wanted to have you on here and talk about these things because you're knowledgeable and you work with so many people and you've helped so many people and you've done it yourself. And you, I have. I, I So I did that. And I don't know. I mean, I'll... I'll I don't know how much the audience knows, but I yeah. suffered from severe diastasis after my third child. I was four plus fingers separated through my entire midline. 
um, death wise um, and uh, width wise, and then death wise. I mean, you could fit basically your entire fist down my That's down my so belly. Crazy. Um, now I'm at that point where you know it is. I was able to close basically my bottom half, but I have a functional diastasis. Um, because my core is strong, but I still have a three finger separation yeah. um, in two locations um, through my midline. Uh, but I know how to control the pressure. So, right. you know, it comes to a point like it could, even though I have a three finger separation, I can control my pressure. So if I wanted to crunch, I could absolutely crunch if right. I wanted to right now. Do I? No. Because um, I know I don't need to crunch in order to continue strengthening in order to hopefully someday, you know, come to the point where, you know, in a lot of it, a lot of people, um, you know, my, my, my stomach still has like a little uh, puffiness to it, mm -hmm. a little mom pouch, <laughs> I guess you would still call it. Um, but it becomes one of those things where, you know, because you know someone may suffer from a one finger separation which some don't even consider a dr right um you know to someone that is more severe at one point in time like myself even still at three fingers it's one of those things where if you can get to an optimal functioning point um that puts you in a better place to continue down your programming path right. or your rehab path to really get you um kind of close to where you need to be and that's not to say and i know that we'll talk um through an, a different podcast a little <laughs> bit more on dr um and the postpartum rehab period uh but with that being said there you know there are there are some times where you know uh depending on the severity of DR and the person where, you know, I don't like, um, I did not take a surgery route because that was the only right. option I was given. Okay. Um, but sometimes surgery is the only option right. um, for some people. But I ultimately would always, you know, tell my clients that, you know, you should try at least the, the fitness route first mm -hmm. um, before you consider the surgery because it is invasive surgery. I was just going to so. say, and also... I mean, maybe it's just not just me. I know there are a lot of people who prefer to do things in a more holistic way first, mm -hmm. if possible. Because like you said, if you can work and you can t dedicate the time to doing these exercises and knowing exactly where you, in your body you feel it and working with someone like you who, who is a specialist in it, you can actually strengthen it and potentially get it back to almost what it was exactly. without going through an invasive surgery that takes time to heal from. And, but I mean, to each their own, it's, it's exactly. totally up to them. Exactly. Um, I just prefer the more holistic route first right. if possible. And, and I did too, um, because it is, it, it's, basically quote unquote considered a tummy tuck too. So most insurance oh, okay. companies won't even cover it for That's you. That's also good to know. Um, it is, it's a good note. Um, but with the right coach, um, you know, there are ways that you can manage it and potentially close it or or come to the point where you are functioning optimally for your body at that point in time. So um, you know, it's just adjusting your your strategies and mm -hmm. knowing where the the extra pressure is being applied and kind of redirecting that pressure into to, into different places. You right. know, um, and and that's where kind of like the balance of the body kind of comes out and where the corrective exercise portion comes into play and really knowing like what should be activated when and and how. Right. And I think even like pregnant not pregnant um just a general population too is that that is what we're lacking is mm -hmm. just corrective exercise in general um in really utilizing the 
the strength that you we have already in our cores and really reconnecting or connecting to that strength um, in order to kind of redirect it out to the rest of our body. Right. And it all starts from the core. It, it all stems all from the core. It all stems from there. <laughs> um, so just quickly, to kind of decrease your chances from having or developing DR um, okay. thereafter, um, just understanding movements and exercises um, within your own body that place that extra pressure. Um, and then you knowing how to correctly engage wrap and activate your core in mm-hmm. order to kind of distribute that pressure elsewhere um so is that why they say once you i think it's once you get to your third trimester you're not supposed to lift anything over 20 pounds i've heard that but i'm curious if, if like what you think about that yeah, so again it all depends on how your core integrity is right. at that point in time so if you've been in a program um from stem to stones right mm-hmm. where you're you you're, you've been very active through your pregnancy. Um, you know how to apply, um, you know, you're in activate, you know how to activate and engage and wrap your core and you know how to apply pressures differently throughout your body. Um, that's, that's not, you know, everything's individualized. So there are people that do, you know, um, heavy lifting, um, crossfit style, um, you know, whatever it may be well into their third trimesters and then, then they're beyond. So um, I think it is all individualized. If a person loves to do what they want to do, then I honestly and truly believe that we should be able to continue doing that. Now that's, that's based in reason though. Right. Um, You know, so if something starts hurting you or causes you pain while you do it, then you need to take a regression. Yeah. Um, You know, it, it all, it really all depends on how you are, really activating your, your core through throughout each of your trimesters and throughout your entire pregnancy. So if you have great core control and, and stability, um, there's no reason why if you were lifting 20, you know, 20 plus pounds right. or, you know, even doing um, pull-ups or, um, you know, CrossFit style or kettlebell snatches or whatever it is that you may want that that you love to do, that's not to say that you still can't do it. It it really depends on how you feel. Yeah, um, depends on how you feel, and it's different for everybody. It really is. It really is. Um, But you know, so you know, one of the things is um, to prevent DR is obviously continue strengthening that TBA. This is where it really becomes that much important. This is where you're really going to really focus in on strengthening the TBA. And again, like I said, it helps during that labor pushing phase um, as well. So yeah, and I definitely want you to touch on that a little bit, whether it's now or towards the end is totally fine. Um, yep. Just so people can understand the difference between when you are supposed to hold it in versus when you're trying to relax it. Yeah. And let me just touch upon that real quick. Well, we'll talk about the TVA a little bit um, during um, the last trimester too, but let's talk about TVA activation versus sucking in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so 90, probably 99% of women and I, that's just the statistic I'm throwing off the top of my head. That is like Missy's statistic. Um, <laughs> as a woman in general, we walk around with our bellies sucked in constantly throughout the day. Yep. Um, and this may, you may not feel it, um, being pregnant because obviously you have the growing belly and you really can't hide it. Right. Um, but pre-pregnancy and postpartum um we have a tendency no matter what we're doing is to suck suck it in yep um you go up and i love you know i love doing this in front of like the groups that i um you know that i do at events and stuff like that where you know you go up to someone and you're like 
hi, my name's Missy, and you like automatically suck your belly in, but it's subconscious, okay? Like you don't really realize that you're doing it, but you're doing it because of societal pressures that have constantly just kind of been out there, those reminders, and it's been around us so long that we're just constantly holding our bellies in. I always tell my clients, first and foremost, let it go, right? And just <laughs> let, let it go. go. Um, and it's a hard concept for women to really get. Like, mm-hmm. and I place women in vulnerable positions where I'm like, just let it go. Like, let your belly hang. Like, you need to allow it to become back into balance as well, okay? And when I start teaching clients about TVA activation, mm-hmm. I warn them, do not make this your new sucking in habit. Okay, gotcha. Okay? So it's good it that becomes you say that. one of those things where now I'm teaching you how to, you know, inhale, fill belly ribs, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, um, and then exhale, activate, wrap, and engage through the core, which is basically your TVA activation. It's kind of like that core sitting around through the midline. Right. Um, and, you know, you, you feel the strengthening, the lifting, the slight lift and squeeze up of the pelvic floor, the push down of the diaphragm, and then the TVA, you know, um, contracting with the internal, external obliques, kind of like wrapping around everything like that corset. Um, but again, I don't want them to now constantly be in an overactive state of TVA activation. Um, so it, it becomes more of finding that balance between your body um, as well. So we kind of go into, you know, there is a difference between sucking in and TBA activation. Okay. One, you're just sucking in, holding belly button to spine, um, which some of us we may have heard in fitness classes before. Right. Um, they're trying to tell you to activate your TBA, um, but it's really just most people aren't connecting it and they're just sucking the their muscles. belly button into spine again, yeah. right? Um, true TVA activation includes your pelvic floor and your diaphragm as well as your TVA. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so again, continuing to strengthen your TVA will help aid in a potential prevention of diastasis. Okay. Um, and then some, you know, core activations through breathing um, that you can do are, you know, and that you've seen, um, and I understand that sometimes it gets boring, um, but these are just very generic that I'm gonna throw out there, but <laughs> heel slides, glute bridges, um, modified side planks, um, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, just a few different exercises that you can kind of do to work on your TBA activations. The other thing that I wanted to mention too is that because I've been following you on on Instagram yeah. and now that we finally met, but um, on your Instagram you have all of these different exercise exercise videos so people can see all the different yep. exercises that you're doing, and a lot of them can be done at home and can be done without crazy like you don't need a ton of things to do. So they may seem boring in quotation marks, but you can actually do them at home and it's it's realistic for if you're cleared postpartum to start doing these exercises and you have a new baby and you can't get out of the house to go to the gym you can do these things absolutely absolutely and your postpartum period um once you you can work on diaphragmatic breathing the day you deliver yes yes it's so important to just and it's a stress relief it is just it's a great way to just kind of like reconnect yeah and it's just a gentle rise fill of the belly and a gentle, you know, exhale back down to neutral, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then from there, you kind of work into your TVA activations again. um, And then you can actually take it depending on where you are. And I have, um, you know, my clients that after delivery, you know, kind of like weekly, kind of like, okay, this is what you should be doing because you don't want to over 
push your body either. Right. Your body needs a postpartum rehab. Okay. Yeah. Your body really needs to recover. It needs time. You need to slow down. You need to give it the time. You need to, you know, you, 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 there's so many things that are happening. Um, especially after you deliver that a lot of it just revolves around the baby at this point in time. And it's just like, well, you cannot not forget about yourself though. Like you need to remember that you are just as important. And it also depends on what your birth is like too. Correct. Because everyone's birth is different. So sometimes you may need to take more time to heal. And that may be frustrating if you're someone who's very active in general and it's hard. Absolutely. But you don't want to end up working out or doing something that's going to strain and or hurt you and you can actually cause a diastasis after delivery as well if you oh wow yes if you start doing things too too soon soon, um and if you didn't have that foundational um training beforehand um you could actually cause it to to happen and then there's other things that can happen as well so um you know that's not to say like just give your your body time you're you know in and it's so true like a year you're basically pregnant a year right so let's just throw it out there (laughs) basically you're basically pregnant a year um at least 10 months so just you know 10 months in give your time at least 10 months out you know your body you know there there now there are women out there that you see that look like they bounce back in like three days and yep. you're like what the hell like i don't look like that um no, we're not all gonna look like that but so i was gonna say it's also not very realistic it really isn't it, it really <laughs> it's not reality instagram versus reality <laughs> exactly exactly and there's a lot going on out there about that yes. but um, you know, it becomes one of those things where, again, coming back to creating that mindfulness as you did in that first trimester, coming back to that as you go through your trimesters, even postpartum, um, your fourth trimester, um, and just being mindful of like what you're what you're doing um, right. to your body and with your body. Um, a lot of what I do within the training is, you know, your your daily activities or your daily movements. You know, um, a lot of us throughout the day, and especially as new moms, moms or moms once again, um, you know, we're constantly um, bending down. We're constantly, you know, picking things up. Uh, we, we, we're, you know, playing with the baby. We are, you cleaning. know, cleaning. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing a variety of different things, you know, but we're in like positions that you can work. You know, there are lunges. You right. know, we're constantly in a lunge position, even though we don't think of it that way. Right. We're constantly in squats positions, you know, sitting down in a chair, sitting down on the couch, sitting in a car, like you're in, you're coming into a squat position. Um, you know, in it's the same thing, you know, whether or not you're, you, you're pushing a carriage, you know, you, or you're, you're pulling something or you, you're going from the laundry to like the laundry machine, um, to the dryer and okay. stuff like that. Yeah. There's, you know, there's certain movements that we do that you can actually mimic in your exercises yeah. to actually strengthen the areas that it just are, made me think of one, <laughs> right. That have the tendency to become kind of weak, weakened as you, um, are not only pregnant, but then thereafter. Right. Okay. Um, so, and with TVA, I, I just want to mention this quickly as you strengthen your your TVA um we, we I I've said it multiple times that it helps in the phase of um the pushing for labor but in 
and it lessens your severity for DR, but it actually can help aid in the prevention of incontinence okay. um, and prolapse and as well as low back pain. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, ha- it has multiple benefits. Multiple, multiple, <laughs> multiple, multiple. Um, so let's see. What exercises should you do? Be should should you be doing then um, in this second trimester? And honestly, like I said, it depends on the person. Um, but you can actually do anything. Yeah. Okay. So as long as you're using the correct muscles, they're firing up accurately. Um, your body is functioning properly during those movements. There's no reason why you can't do the exercises you love to do. You can't continue to do them. Exactly. Um, So it, you know, it all comes back to that strong foundation um, and just correctly exercising with optimal function um, because, you know, you just need to know how to activate that core and use it in order to properly execute the movement. Right. So to feel it in the right spots. Um, and I know that, you know, being on the podcast, you can't see, but I do have videos out on Instagram regarding breathing. Um, but just as, you know, as I was saying, I want you to kind of think of, you know, how to kind of activate. So right now, if everyone could just kind of stop and sit back and and just kind of think about this for a minute. So this is kind of like, um, how I tell my clients to activate. And obviously, like I said, you, you're not going to get it the first try, the second try, third try. It's okay. something that you kind of have to practice, okay? So I always start with diaphragmatic breathing, a gentle rise, lift and fill up of the, the belly and ribs. Exhale, con- come back down to neutral. Don't suck it in. Don't do anything. So we start with there. And then we kind of go into the different activations. So I start with, you know, gentle rise up, diaphragmatic breath. And on your exhale, we start with the pelvic floor. It's a squeeze up, lift, okay? So it's a squeeze of the pelvic floor, gentle lift up, okay? And then from there, we kind of go into, you know, release the pelvic floor. Now kind of think about that midline area where I want you to kind of activate the TVA, okay? Mm -hmm. So again, diaphragmatic breath, inhale, gentle rise, lift up, exhale. I want you to think about contracting the TVA as those internal, external obliques kind of wrap around the midline. Okay. And then from there, we go into your third point, which is your diaphragm, um, where I want you to inhale. The diaphragm um, basically descends down a little bit on that inhale. And then on that exhale, it kind of recoils, but I want you to kind of engage the diaphragm. Okay. Okay. So then from there, we kind of bring it all together. And then I say activated, you know, hold 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 um in three in those three 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 different places and see if you can hold them all together before you actually take it into one big here is here's here's my big wrap with that big inhale fill exhale wrap it all together it's a good way to teach it though because you want them to be able to kind of target in it is and zone in on those specific areas it really is because that actually tells um it and it actually helps me um during an assessment figure out if there is any um, issues with your pelvic floor. Some women are like, I have no idea, I can't feel it. I've had women tell me, I cannot feel my pelvic floor. And it becomes one of those things, it's like, okay, can you squeeze it? Can you bulge it? Yeah. Can like there's different things that I can ask women to do. Now I'm not a pelvic floor specialist. I always refer them over to a women's health physical therapist um, mm-hmm. that specializes in pelvic floor um, or a physiotherapist or whatever it may be. But 
there are ways that I can try and get you to kind of engage with your pelvic floor right. through the, the strengthening of the TVA. So um, when it comes to pelvic floor um, health and issues, like we cannot not forget about the pelvic floor yeah. because it is just as important as anything else that's happening. But like you said, it, it is absolutely so important, but I don't feel like it's talked about enough. It's not. It's not talked about enough. And I think that we need to have more awareness on how to use your pelvic floor if you are dealing with incontinence after after you have your baby. Right. Peeing or is pe- not cool. No. <laughs> peeing in your pants is not cool. <laughs> peeing your pants when you cough, when you jump, when, when you, you sneeze. sneeze. Um, it can happen. It but, does. But there are ways that we can start to help mend and fix that and right. heal that. And, and there's there's also overactive pelvic floors as underactive pelvic floors. Right. So um, I actually had a very underactive pelvic floor um, where I peed all the time. And I remember I'd go running and... I just I couldn't stop myself. It was yeah. just what it's it's embarrassing. It's the weirdest. Um, but you know, and then you know, most of the time it's just like, oh well, I had kids. It is what it is. But no, like you you should not be peeing. <laughs> right. You know, you should not be peeing when you're running. You should not be peeing if you're jumping or you're coughing or anything like that. Or you know, a lot of the times I would cross my legs and just hope that I didn't pee if I <laughs> coughed or if I had a sneezing attack. And yeah. that's not the way to live. No. So I I I'm lucky where I I was actually able to now I don't pee um but <laughs> I was able to, right I was actually able to um I saw a woman's health physical therapist for my my pelvic floor issues um and I think and I honestly truly believe that between kind of the exercises that she gave me for my pelvic floor and my core exercises it actually helped me the strengthening com- both of them, the combination the of combination, both together. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people do forget about their pelvic floor. Right. Um, and, and we can't. It's so important. And that's so why important. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, going kind of going into it, and we'll jump into the third trimester um, in a moment, um, but, you know, really getting um, your, your glutes fired up um, is essential to um, your just any exercise um, in general um, because some of the aches and pains that you feel during pregnancy, especially potentially like in your hips and your back, yeah. um, a lot of women end up with underactive glutes um, where th- sometimes they just can't even feel their glutes or they can't even activate them. They could be doing glute bridges and you could do all the glute bridges in the world, but you may not even feel them in your glutes. You right. can feel them in your hamstrings or your or your, or your calves. Um, and same thing with squats. If someone's doing a squat and they don't feel it in their glutes, glutes and they say that they feel it in their you know the front of their thigh their quad area Mm -hmm. um then there is an an imbalance there and we really need to to focus in on that because of the fact that your glutes should be activating um in some of the exercises that you should do and if they're not then it's only going to cause an imbalance and potentially a pain or an injury some sort of ache then thereafter or even if you're in labor and you're moving around and you're trying different positions yep then it can impact that too yep um, you know, so strengthening the, the main areas I like to strengthen, like during this phase of pregnancy in that second trimester are obviously your core, mm-hmm. your glutes, hip stabilization exercises, um, you know, and then your back and your chest because of the roundedness of the shoulders, um, the arching of the back, um, things like that. Um, it's truly important to kind of focus in on those areas to kind of strengthening them up. Um, 
and the, in, in strengthening those areas, you obviously you you can help prevent some of the aches, the pains, the injuries that may happen okay. um, with pregnancy. Uh, so, like bent over rows, um, deadlifts, squats um, are all exercises that mimic kind of things like what we're going to be doing um, in motherhood, anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, so a lot of that is just you know doing those exercises to not only help strengthen those areas, but to help support you uh, during your pregnancy and then thereafter. I was going to say, even now, now that like my belly's getting bigger, yeah. it's actually getting bigger and growing. I always, I find myself squatting, but like with my legs further out because yes. my belly, to make room for my belly. But yeah. I mean, it feels better to do that than just bending over fully, you know exactly. what I mean? Because exactly. it's not as much pressure. And that like Eastern <laughs> European squat or that goddess yes. position, that frog squat position, whatever anyone wants to call it that's out there. Um, it, it's actually a really great position for um, like labor training. It is. Yeah, um, and it's a way that. to actually help you um, relax your pelvic floor mm-hmm. um, as well. A lot of us have to carry tension um, or stress in our pelvic floor and just um, let's go into that now that I'm there. Yeah, sure. um, Let's go into that. Um, so, is finding um, just a release of the pelvic floor. And a lot of people um, can either be one or the other. A lot of people could just have a, a, you know, relaxed pelvic floor and it's just not tight enough um, Mm -hmm. and they just feel like everything's just going to fall out. Right. Um, Or some, some of us have like a really tight, tightness right. in that from pelvic holding. floor area from holding it for for so long um that you during pregnancy especially going into that third trimester so we'll we'll hop into it now is you want to learn how to release your pelvic floor mm-hmm. um which is only going to help in that labor and delivery phase of of pregnancy bringing the baby out bringing the baby out um so if you're experiencing tension um you know stretching mm-hmm. um and breathing and just working in supported positions, you know, whether it's that wide child's pose position, um, you know, a supported glute bridge position. So, you know, if um, there was potentially something underneath your back, um, you know, your legs up on a chair or some sort of bench or something Mm -hmm. like that. um, And then really working into like that, that frog goddess European squat or whatever people want to call out that wide squat um, well, yeah, when you're when you're down. They say I know you were just saying you're holding tension. We hold tension in our pelvic floor, um, but we also hold tension in our. Or I don't know exactly the word tension and like emotions in our hips. Women tend to do that. Yeah. So working in these poses, not only are you releasing that tension, but you could also be releasing like emotions and all that sort of, of fun yes, things. Yes, <laughs> yes, um, You know, so pelvic floor, again, um, such an important part of um, women's health in general and should be talked about a lot yes, more. absolutely. Um, but definitely working into releasing your pelvic floor is only going to help aid in that labor and delivery phase for you. So um, let's jump right into third trimester now, sure. um, if you want. Yeah, so absolutely. this, um, th- so third trimester, a little bit um, of the same as second trimester, you're kind of working the same thing, um, but your body demands are kind of a little bit higher now. Um, and I kind of go into labor training, which I'll talk about um, towards the end, okay? okay. Yeah. Um, so we've all heard the saying that um, the only thing predictable about childbirth is that it's <laughs> unpredictable. And how true of a statement that is um so in the third trimester your structure and your body is now vast ramping up for that labor and delivery portion but it's also continuing to grow the baby is so it's such a crucial trimester for that baby growth um you know and your motivation in this trimester really should be focused on 
mental, emotional, and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just staying healthy and active for, for both you and your baby. Um, and this is the trimester where, you know, your energy may start to diminish a little bit, um, kind of falling back into like what you potentially may have felt in that first trimester. A lot of women are just like, get this baby out of me. I'm done being pregnant. I'm so um, big. We're, we talk, especially depending on the, you know, time of year that you deliver. If you're oh, up yeah. in the Boston area, um, like we are, um, <laughs> I had all my babies, August, September, October babies. I went through the hottest summer and <laughs> I just, I couldn't wait. And it's just, you know, and then it's depending on how you feel. My, my first pregnancy, my second and my third pregnancy were completely different. I was going to say. Um, you know, they're, they're never the same. If women out there have the same pregnancy, that were great. I, I'm jealous of you. Um, my pregnancies were not like that for me. Um, and I honestly kind of wish I knew what I knew now during my pregnancies. And I always tell my husband that, that if I could go back in time, um, I just wish that I kind of had someone like myself, um, to kind of fall on, um, you know, to, you know, and, and I would change some things around to guide you on what to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, setting the foundation, hopefully you've already set it, um, in that first trimester, but you know, keeping active with that foundation is key and really working on those core foundational exercises um, are only going to continue to help you um, throughout the, the last trimester. Um, and then it's generally safe to continue with your fitness routine during mm-hmm. that last trimester. A lot of women stop, um, but again, it depends on how you feel. Yeah. Um, I know for myself, I had to stop um, during my third trimester with my third pregnancy when I was probably about 32 weeks 34 weeks somewhere around that point in time um because it just hurt my pregnancy hurt towards the end she was very low um it it, I just had to hold my belly or wear you know a a supporting belt um and it just became one of those things where it just hurt to move it makes Um, it more difficult it really does. So, you know, it, it, in general, you know, some women will experience, you know, some painful um, aches and pains with, with pregnancy during this trimester. Um, increased pelvic pressure um, is, is very um, common. Uh, you know, you start to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, all the added stressors, the weight gain, you know, when the baby's coming, you know, you have all of this. And you you're know. also like, should I be doing everything yes. and to nest and get ready for the right? baby? Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and it's it's a good idea to just make sure that you are connected with your pregnancy team of experts of whomever that may look like to you. Okay. Um, you know, and then switching to lower impact movements if you have to. Don't think that what once we're for you on trimester one and two it's going to work in trimester three right um you just need to again quote unquote listen to your body and, and be mindful. really exactly coming back to the you know staying mindful of not only what's happening inside of your body with the growing babies but the demands that are being placed externally as well and those demands are basically the environment in yourself right. um you know in that you need to really think about adjusting your training methods where they need to be adjusted um you you know, and it may not just be about um, taking a modification. It could just be, you know, maybe it's a, an adjustment um, on the demand of the exercise itself, whether it's the movement, the intensity, or the number of reps. Right. And it's and the other thing, too, is like, like you said, listening to your body is so important, but also just being a little bit more gentle with yourself as mm-hmm. you move through the different trimesters and the different stages of pregnancy, because you don't want to... 
you don't want to overdo something, but you're still you're still taking the time to exercise and work on your strength and work on your fitness. And I think just being aware of that and kind of giving yourself a pat on the back, like, hey, I'm still here doing this. I'm still trying. Right. Is important too. It really is. And then the other important thing to note here is the hormone shifts that are happening. Right, right. Um, you know, you this is where, you know, the, that relaxing hormone that, you know, a lot of us have heard about, um, you know, it relaxes the, the ligaments, um, it, especially in the pelvis, to, um, you know, help prepare, prepare you for childbirth. So just knowing that, again, knowing your body and really becoming really in tune with your body and mindful of what you're doing for exercising because... Um, if you can do it, doesn't mean you can do it, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to repeat that again because it's so important because overstretching or doing anything like that when it comes to anything that you're doing, whether it's an exercise, whether it's, you know, a st- just a stretch in general, whether you're in a yoga class or whatever it may be, um, injury can occur with overstretching. Right. Um, and you just need to know that you need to understand your range of motion. And because you can go deeper doesn't mean you should go deeper. Right, exactly. And that is very important to note too. It is. To try and prevent injury because the last thing you need is another is an injury before you get ready to deliver your baby. Right. Um, and then lastly, the, the other thing I like to do during this trimester is labor training. Um, and what labor training is, is, um, you know, labor in general um, is different for everyone. Right. Um, you know, there it, there's a variety of different factors that go into everything um that comes to labor and delivery you don't know when it's going to happen unless you have a um scheduled c-section right um which is a little bit different um but you know everyone wants to have this labor plan um but sometimes it doesn't work out Mm -hmm. and you can't stress over what your actual plan looks like um i like to say to you know your labor experience should be a guide like have a guide for yourself um whatever that guide looks like i say i say preferences or wishes yes not not plan because like you said Birth is unpredictable. It's unpredictable. You have no idea what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how long it's going to take, whatever it may be. Exactly. Just being aware and educating yourself, I feel like, is the most important thing. Correct. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, there's a metaphor out there that um, that compares birth to a marathon. Um, yeah, and, and I, I love don't, that. Right? So do I. I absolutely love it. Um, so none of us would wake up and be like, okay, today I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. Like there is training that needs to happen in order for you to run 26.2 miles. Right. Um, you know, and you train for months, if not like at least a year, right? Mm-hmm. So labor, which actually lasts longer than a marathon, mm-hmm. um, you should be training for it and preparing your body for what is about to happen. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people, I remember not even being scared of like, of labor and delivery. Um, you know, I'm, I actually had two sisters that had children before me, but neither one of them had a vaginal delivery. They were delivered, my niece, my nephews were delivered via C-section. Okay. So I was just like, oh, I'm like, my like what do you like what happens if I go vaginal like how do I like how do I push like how do I what do like, I do what, what, like what is it really going to come out of there and it was like one of those things where I was so stressed mm-hmm. about a vaginal delivery because my sisters had c-sections and it's like well why can't I just I'll just end up with a c-section they had c-sections no I had three vaginal deliveries yeah um and it was the most memorable experience 
ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just like one of those things where, and not to say I've never experienced a C-section, so I can only talk vaginal, even though right. um, there are differences on training methods postpartum, which we can talk about when we do another podcast on postpartum rehab, um, C-sections first, vaginal deliveries and stuff like that. But um, it really is depending, there there are circumstances where, you know, sometimes there's an emergency C-section um, right. that can happen. Um, there's things that, you know, obviously... Um, pain things that you can use and and all of this, but there's ways that you can actually train your body for labor to not use certain. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say too, though, because no matter, no matter what your birth ends up being, even having that training and awareness and knowing how to do these different things for your body, how they can help you during the labor it makes a huge difference. Exactly. So like labor training um, that I do with my clients is des- actually designed to train a woman both physically and mentally for mm-hmm. labor and delivery. Um, and the ch- style of training uses high intensity bouts of exercise uh, with mental imagery or meditation techniques. Okay. okay. So um, alternate I basically alternate exercises and rest in in intervals, okay? And that um, increase or decrease in um, rest time or bouts of those intervals basically to mimic the contractions that are going to be happening. That's so cool. Um, So cool, right? So it's like one of those things where we start basic, um, where, and it all depends on where a woman is. Like you're not, I'm not going to tell you to go, you know, sprint at, you know, 10 miles per hour if your body is not accustomed to doing that. Right, okay. Right. So it all depends on the woman. Like if you can't, if your body physically is not at that point in time where you could like do any sort of sprint, even if it's at like 5.0 on mm-hmm. a treadmill, um, you walk like there are there like I said modifications and in, in progressions regressions for everything so but this style of training actually kind of gets you ready for that contraction phase and it actually helps through that breathing and that meditation is going to all come into play to kind of help through that pain and in, in everything that you're gonna that you're gonna experience right and I was gonna say like you said you kind of briefly mentioned it earlier like the mind body connection yes. is huge it really is it's huge especially in terms of I mean in general let alone but during birth and during labor having that mind body connection and fo- being able to focus on your breathing right. and what it's doing in your body is huge right so basically what labor so contractions on general quote unquote can last anywhere between 30 to 90 seconds mm-hmm. right um, so what happens during like labor training is that we kind of we go into intervals and I'm not going to go into specifics right now on any of it but what ends up happening is you have small specific bursts of high intensity, moderate intensity, wherever you are, Mm -hmm. followed by a rest period. And that rest period starts at, basically, I start you at three minutes. Okay. Okay. So you could have like a 30 to 90 second burst, depending on where we start, Mm -hmm. followed by a three minute rest period. And during that three minute rest period, that's where the the mental imagery kind of comes into play, okay? It could be like a relaxation technique. It could just be diaphragmatic breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a visualization mm-hmm. on kind of like what's going to happen in that labor and delivery room, whatever whatever that looks like, okay? Um, we kind of kind of feel out like 
what works best for you. You know, are you more of a visual person? Are you more of a, I just need to deeply breathe in and out and like just relax for that three minute period? Um, or is it like some sort of different relaxation technique for you? Okay. Um, and then those periods start to fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, again, mimicking that contraction phase. So, you know, as contractions fall, you know, they kind of, it kind of goes, you know, contraction, short amount of time, followed by a long rest period, right? And then as labor progresses and that active pushing phase starts to like come up into play, Mm -hmm. you can, everything kind of fluctuates. So you kind of like, we kind of go up and down that pendulum, you know, based off of like what's happening with those contractions. Okay. And that's kind of like what labor training kind of entails. Which is brilliant. Um, Right. (laughs) Good job. Um, So it becomes one of those things where you kind of really want to focus on, you know, you're now you're training like it takes a lot like if you have never had a baby before even if you had a baby you know like I remember being out of my out of breath with my third baby I just (laughs) thought like I was like done she was she after she came out I was just like (sighs) like I'm like it it takes like there's it is there's a lot there's a physical there's a mental and there's an emotional component Mm. to to being pregnant and then thereafter with labor and delivery and then it follows you into that fourth trimester right um so just preparing that body for the demands of labor itself is just huge it's huge it's huge and it will be helpful it really, it really, it really will. It and really I love, will. I love that you are doing an up, basically like an exercise program that you've created like that to mimic what contractions are like. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's I, I love that. It really, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. So, you know, in, in a lot of like in to kind of like wrap up their trimester in like pull everything together is that, you know, a lot of what I do and, and I don't, I'm not one that, you know, would ever say you need to do a program or whatever, but the, the more I can educate women to be empowered with their own bodies, um, and really feel strong during their pregnancies and their into motherhood, I think is more crucial than anything else. Um, I love that. You know, just providing ways and methods training methods for them to either connect or reconnect to their body um as they're changing is just lifelong valuable information that that you can use forever right and the other thing too is that sometimes during pregnancy some people have a hard time feeling connected with their body because their body is going through so many different changes you're growing a baby you may feel that baby kicking sooner rather than later. So sometimes even just being able to go to one of your classes or to see you as a client, you're going to help them reconnect with their body and in turn maybe potentially connect with their baby even more. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, and it's just so um, reassuring to me that, you know, it all stems from just breathing um, in general, as silly as that may seem to some people, um, you know, that, you know, just having that strong foundation, um, you can actually feel safer and more empowered within your own body um, in the changes that are happening in your body um, while you exercise or do whatever you love to do, you know, while you're pregnant and then thereafter, you know, we should all come to a point in time where you know just because we have a baby doesn't mean that we can't do what we love to do I love that Um, I love that you said that yeah and you know and it really is true just because you know it's just one of those things where you should be able to get back to where what you what you want to do um and 
you know, whether it's, you know, having your baby next to you or, mm-hmm. you know, doing it at some other point in time when, you know, there's yeah. a caregiver or someone. And to it's important of. because, I mean, that's another, that we could talk about that for, right? a whole, we could do another whole, a whole other podcast on that, but making sure that you are still doing things for yourself that makes you even you show up better for everybody else if you show up for yourself and take care of yourself you are able to do that for others if you don't take care of yourself and do the things that you love then you're not going to be able to show up fully for anybody really absolutely um so i love that you said that because i think that's really important and i would love to talk spend another more time talking about that it would be great i know um you know there's just so many factors that come into play um and there's so many unknowns yeah that in it most of them are uncontrollable right um you know but there are things that you can do to make sure that you are you know basically strengthening yourself from the inside out to make sure that you have you know whatever pregnancy you know envisions that you have um for for yourself one thing I did want to say real quick based on the breathing that you were talking about we so often forget to breathe or we We don't we don't realize during the day that our breathing is like short and quick and we're not taking long deep inhales and that sort of thing so not only does breathing impact like mind it impacts your body fully whether you're stressed out whether you have anxiety whether you're going through something and you just need some time to breathe, I think just, and then it in turn goes into labor, how important breathing is during labor. Right. Um, so yeah, I just think touching on that, like you said, is also really important. Yeah, I tell well. a lot of my postpartum um, clients um, that never have done a prenatal program um, with myself or in general, um, that once I show them and they learn how to breathe with their diaphragm instead mm-hmm. of their chest um just kind of just incorporate that and remember it's just it's a really is a simple breath it's just kind of reconnecting your mind to that diaphragm area um and to just practice those breaths like maybe it's 10 to 20 breaths that mm-hmm. you do you know five to ten times a day whether it's washing dishes or doing laundry folding laundry whether you know you're catching right (laughs) or you're catching up on you know your whatever shows you love to watch you know or whatever it may be or you're just playing with your child and you or you just feel you know stressed like just give yourself that moment to like maybe do five to ten deep diaphragmatic breaths um it really helps you just kind of re-engage with yourself. Right. It helps ground you. It helps balance you. And it can literally change your mood or your outlook on the whole day. Absolutely. And that's why it's so important to (laughs) reconnect to your breath. And that's where the foundation all starts. It's where it all begins. (laughs) That and the core. Yeah. Um, So like you mentioned a couple times throughout the podcast, we are going to be doing another podcast where we talk about the postpartum period and getting back into strengthening your core and just fitness in general. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that and I'm excited to have you back on to do that. But, um, so do you want to tell listeners where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as Olivia mentioned, I am on Instagram. My handle is actually fit fierce missy. Um, and I am on Facebook. Uh, it's uh, under Core Redefined, which is the the company um, that I have for um, pre postnatal um, clients. And I am also on um, my website, which is www.coreredefined.com. Um, email, um, we could 
probably throw up there, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm um, going to include everything in the show perfect. notes. What perfect. your Instagram handle is, where people can find you. Awesome. Um, and then I also, too, want to encourage listeners to go on and check out your Instagram to see all the different exercises that you do. Yep. Um, because not only do you have the fitness ones that are focusing on different areas, but mostly core-based um, but you also have the breathing, the breathing techniques, yes. which I've loved yes. seeing as well. Yep, absolutely. And if there's anything that you can't find, just shoot me a message and I, I would be more than happy to send anything over. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for thank coming you. on today. I'm so excited to share this with everybody. Um, and like Missy said, if anybody has any questions or anything like that, you can just send her over an email, send her an Instagram message, whatever it may be. Um, but thank you again for coming on and thank you guys for listening and we will be back soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye.